The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Linda House, the Executive Vice President of External Affairs at the Cancer Support Community, and I'm truly honored today to stand in for Kim Tebaldo, the President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at 170 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org, completely free of charge to the patient and their families. Today, we're talking about the Cancer Experience Registry. The Cancer Support Community's Research and Training Institute has created the Cancer Experience Registry to identify and advance the understanding of the emotional and social needs of people who have been diagnosed with cancer. The Cancer Experience Registry is a research project based on a grassroots effort to recruit cancer survivors and those living with a diagnosis to really understand questions about their social and emotional experiences and needs throughout their cancer journey. The Cancer Experience Registry has created a community of people touched by cancer within the primary focus um, that is on collecting, analyzing, and sharing information about the experience and the needs of patients and families throughout that cancer journey. As a matter of fact, at the time of taping of this show in particular, we have a community that is upwards of 4,400 individuals who have shared their experience with us, which is very powerful, and we can't thank those individuals enough. Today, we'll be talking more about the Cancer Experience Registry with two very special guests. Joining us today, we have Ann Morris. Ann serves as the research manager at the Cancer Support Community's Research and Training Institute. Ann truly has been at the forefront of the creation of the Cancer Experience Registry and will be able to offer incredible insight into the development and execution of the registry. Thank you so much for being here today, Ann. Sure, I'm happy to be here. We also have Dr. Craig Cole, who's a special friend of the cancer support community. Craig is a clinical associate professor of medicine at the University of Michigan Comprehensive Cancer Center. Dr. Cole also serves on the board of directors of the Wisconsin chapter of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And thank you for joining us, Dr. Cole. Well, thank you for inviting me. The Cancer Experience Registry is an incredible initiative, and I think it's really important for us to discuss the logistics of the registry and, and allow our listeners to understand a little bit more about that, um, as well as why it's so important that we have uh, widespread participation in the registry. So, Anne, I'd like to start with you, and um, if you could please explain to us really how and why the Cancer Experience Registry got started. 
Sure. So we knew that there were a number of registries that already existed, but they all really focused on the biological aspect of cancer. There weren't any that captured the social and emotional impact of living with a cancer diagnosis. We received some generous funding from the National Philanthropic Trust Breast Cancer Fund in 2008, and that allowed us to launch the Cancer Survivor Registry, the Breast Cancer Map Project. Earlier this year, we changed the name to the Cancer Experience Registry and opened enrollment to anyone who has been diagnosed with cancer. And these changes really reflect our commitment to providing a patient-centered registry. Great. Thank you so much. Dr. Cole, throughout your experience um, as a medical professional, I know you've encountered a number of other initiatives like, like registries or cancer-type registries. Can you speak a bit about how the Cancer Experience Registry is different and how this project might be particularly useful to not only the, the, the special populations that you serve, but the cancer community um, at large? Um, the other uh, registries that I've kind of... Um, and been involved with have been on much smaller scales, um, usually in um, regional, like um, in, um, in western Wisconsin where we've done um, ask patients, you know, what are their needs, um, what, how, what educational needs do they have, what can we do to help them. Um, and there are some kind of sporadic uh, registries um, um, through other uh, groups that have asked patients um, as sort of catch as catch can, um, what needs do they have and what can be done to, to make their experience um, uh, more um, manageable and reasonable. Um, definitely the um, Cancer Experience Registry is the largest one that I am aware of and has a greater reach than any any registry that I'm aware of, um, and that's what you know makes it. And of course, getting more opinions from more people about what the needs are can, you know, it it helps the reach of of other organizations to meet the needs of of our patients. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then um, you know, Anne, maybe you could talk about some of the primary goals of the registry. Of course. So the overall goal of the Cancer Experience Registry is really to learn and raise awareness about the social and emotional impact of having a cancer diagnosis. We ultimately want to use this information to inform the development of new and innovative programs and policy, but it's also really a two-way street. The members of the Cancer Experience Registry are the first to see the data. After someone completes the survey online, they can visit the Explore Responses tab and see how other people answered the same questions. And then we also link our members to a number of different resources through the cancer support community and some of our other advocacy organizations. Okay. And what, and what, is, what is unique about the registry, um, Anne, and I'll stick with you for this question, what is unique about the registry in the ways in which people can access it? Sure. So right now, the registry is entirely online. You can access it from any computer with an Internet connection. Um, and what's great about it is that you don't have to complete the questionnaire all at one time. Um, you can start it, come back later. It's also available on mobile devices. So really, any computer, phone, tablet, um, we're really accessible from everywhere. 
Great. That's, that's really helpful. And Dr. Cole, do you think that, that, the, that the way in which uh, we're, we're able to, to reach patients through this particular registry, do you think that that um, is incentive for more people to join? Do you think the community aspect of it is um, valuable to them or, um, um, or, or might be a particular draw to them? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that one thing that happens in people Kind of, you know, when they go through the diagnosis of cancer and when they sort of go through the, uh, the steps of, of realizing what's happening um, and how their life has changed, it can be very isolating. Um, and especially, you know, the, your family members are, are trying to, to help, and, but it's really difficult to know where to go and who to talk to. And, uh, and a lot of, def- a lot of, People's default position is to to not reach out at all, um, and having um, you know these different avenues to be able to to um, to access um, the registry, to be able to see how other people's experience is happening, and ultimately you know add to the knowledge, add to the wealth of knowledge of how the, the community and other organizations. And help people with cancer is really empowering. Um, you know, I think that you know, 20, 30 years ago, the when chemotherapy and the treatments of cancer were were, I guess, relatively primitive. Being able to anticipate what patients' needs were were relatively simple. I mean, when the medications were, you know, one agent or two agents, they caused the same side effect. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot that we needed to query patients about because their experience was was fairly and what they would experience was fairly limited. Now, you know, every type of cancer has a different type of therapy, and those therapies are so broad in their in their scope and in their side effects, in their impact, and their cost um, that now we have to you know really zero in and ask each patient exactly what are you experiencing and exactly what's happening to you. Um, and, and we can't take for granted that everyone's going to have the same experience. So getting a broad palette of what is happening to people, having people actually interact with other cancer patients um, in a friendly environment that doesn't cost, you know, a lot of, doesn't cost gas money, doesn't, you don't have to, have you know wear a, a fancy tie to be able to to join the cancer experience registry is again very empowering to patients and I think especially during um, uh, during this time of really individualized cancer treatment you know being heard um, and being empowered is is critical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a great transition for us to move into um, the next segment. We'll do that right after a commercial break. I'd just like to remind our listeners that we could not do this radio show if not for the um, support of a number of sponsors. So just a quick thanks before we go to commercial break to our sponsors, Morphitech, Eli Lilly and Company, Onyx, Celgene, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and ASI Pharmaceuticals. So thank you so much um, for listening to this first part of Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We will be right back after the break.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Linda House, standing in today for Kim Tibaldo, the President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're so pleased today to be joined by a couple of very special individuals. We're joined by Dr. Craig Cole, who is a Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Michigan Comprehensive Cancer Center, and also by Ann Morris, who's the Research Manager at the Cancer Support Community's Research and Training Institute. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Today we're talking about the Cancer Experience Registry, which is an initiative created by the Cancer Support Communities Research and Training Institute. It's an effort to identify and advance the understanding of the emotional and social needs of people who have been diagnosed with cancer. Today our guests are here to help not only explain how the Cancer Experience Registry works, but also why the registry is important for everyone in the cancer community. So, Anne, I'd like to just ask you quickly, um, you've given some background information on the Cancer Experience Registry in terms of the logistics and the functioning of the registry. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more about the format of the registry? What do the questions look like? How is the questionnaire set up? What can people expect as they move through their experience with the Cancer Experience Registry? Yeah, so as I uh, mentioned earlier, the Cancer Experience Registry is available online, and we ask that people create a username and password so that their information is kept secure and that they can log back in uh, from time to time. As far as the questionnaire goes, we have a number of questions that we call our core questions, and we ask everyone to answer those. We also ask other questions that are specific to certain types of cancer. For example, we have a special set of questions that people living with metastatic breast cancer 
answer. And those are different than the questions that people living with multiple myeloma would answer. And the importance of the core questions is that we can use those and compare the needs of people based on their cancer diagnosis and see differences by cancer type. In terms of the layout of the questionnaire, many of the questions are multiple choice, uh, but we also have some open-ended questions that people can speak freely and tell us about their experience in their own words. And so it sounds like that gives you um, really, and I don't mean you, I mean the cancer community. So, you know, you'll be doing the research, but broadly the cancer community, um, some really good insight into, you know, not only the differences in the biology of the cancer, which researchers are, are clearly working on, but also the differences in the psychology of the cancer and what a person might experience um, relative to their particular disease um, on the social and emotional uh, front or the, even the educational front in other areas. Dr. Cole, I'd like for you to expand a little bit more on that as a concept, if I've captured it appropriately. And, you know, drawing on your experience as a physician and, you know, some of the other activities that you, that you do to work with, with patients, you know, can you really talk to us about the significance of gaining this type of insight? I know that you're, you're you know, very busy working on the, the medical piece of, of blood cancers, but, but really what is the collection of this type of, of research and the difference between people with different um, specific diseases? What what does that really um, mean for the significance of the overall cancer experience in the future? Well, that's you know that's a that's a great question because it the you know, the times have changed um, so much over the past um, you know few years uh, that um, you know the I guess my you know what you my grandmother used to say. Um, that if you if you want something, you have to ask for it. And these days, I think our patients have to we have to we have to ask our patients exactly what do what do they need, um, what uh, what are they experiencing, um, and how can we um, assist them? Um, and and with everyone going, you know, with individual patients going through very different therapies. Um, Pertaining to their their diagnosis, the the treatment of of metastatic breast cancer is very different than it is for advanced multiple myeloma. That um, we have to ask specifically with each patient and each diagnosis, and and each at each step during their journey, exactly what's happening right now, um, and. What can we do to to make this better, and what can we make it better for everybody? The the great thing about having the um, having a registry is that everyone has a voice, um, and everybody um, can uh, everyone has a voice in their own community of, of of their disease and where they are. So no longer you know can we just assume that gosh everyone. That has metastatic, or anyone that has breast cancer, has these needs. Now we can say, okay, now people who are this age, who are um, who are at this point in their cancer, this is what their needs are, and it's part of a community where people can see that they're not alone in in having a, a certain experience. Um, and so, and I guess the wonderful thing about um, the 
Internet and the wonderful thing about um, um, all of the communication technology that we have is that it's a lot easier to bring people together now um, and to get a broad scope of, of, of what's happening. Um, you know, before when we would ask um, um, patients with cancer or really any diagnosis, um, when they had to go to uh, support group meetings, you'd only get really a small fraction of the patients uh, with a certain diagnosis. When we used to have meetings um, about um, cancer, maybe one or two patients out of like 50 that had multiple myeloma would, would show up. Um, and to ask, you know, two patients, could you speak on behalf of the entire myeloma community isn't really going to get a lot of very useful information. So now, by having the Internet, by having these fantastic communication devices, we can ask patients um, exactly what are you experiencing, how can we help, and how does this and how does it connect to these new treatments uh, and the new biology that we know about these And then, um, you know, I also think about, and, and you touched on it a, a bit, um, cancer types that really impact, and, and I'll, I'll just use the term loosely, of special populations. So I think about multiple myeloma in particular. You know, we know some things about this patient population. Number one, it occurs more frequently in men. We know that it occurs more frequently in African-American populations. And, um, you know, those are two groups of people that um, may or may not be as open and sharing with their experiences. And um, it, it feels to me like this is an opportunity to really get into the minds of those um, individuals and learn in a way that we might not be able to if not for this type of, um, this type of uh, an initiative. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the you know, multi-myeloma, which is a, um, a cancer of the, um, of the immune system of the, of the plasma cell that lives in the bone marrow, um, is, um, is a, among all cancers, is a relatively rare type of, of cancer. Um, and, but among blood cancers, it's the second most common type of blood cancer. And as you, as you had mentioned, it does have, myeloma does have a very specific um, 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 target that, or target population that it affects more frequently than others. Um, and as you mentioned, um, um, particularly men and particularly African-American men, um, and we don't know why, why that is. Um, we have no idea why it has a, a gender or race um, or, um, prevalence. But also, as you mentioned, those, those two populations um, have, are hard to access with, with registries and with questionnaires. Um, in particular, that um, it's difficult uh, with when in um, different communities to travel to places that would have a registry. So again, you know, years ago, if you would have a meeting, you know, in in Beverly Hills, nothing against Beverly Hills, but you had a meeting in Beverly Hills that people and you know, and and if they had people had to drive 30, 40 miles to get to a, a meeting, it would be kind of, you know, 
a, and especially with having, with going through a treatment, that that would propose, that would um, propose a significant barrier. Having a registry and having a questionnaire that you can do, you know, in your, in your television room that you can do sitting on your, on your back porch, um, that um, is much, is, will have a, be much more accessible. And the good thing is, again, that people don't have to drive. They don't have to dress up. They don't have to present themselves in any way other than explaining um, and helping us with the experience that they're going through, which hopefully will have us get a much broader palette, um, a much broader idea of the experience that people are going through than we did before. And so, Anne, piggyback on, piggybacking onto that conversation, um, can you just you know review for our listeners who should be um, encouraged to take the take part in the registry? You know, who should be um, signing up? Yeah, we encourage anyone who has ever been diagnosed with any type of cancer to join. Whether you were just diagnosed or are years beyond treatment, we want to hear from you. Great. So it sounds like essentially anyone who's had a diagnosis of cancer at any point in their life, it's not too soon if they've been newly diagnosed, it's not too late if they've been diagnosed 20, 30 years ago. That's exactly right. And it sounds like, um, you know, even if you have, uh, especially if you have a type of cancer that um, may not be, you know, highly prevalent in, in the society, and then also if you have a cancer that there are, you know, a number of, of um, patients with living with, like, like breast cancer. Right, exactly. Great. Great. Well, thank you for that clarification. And we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to speak more about the Cancer Experience Registry, in particular, what happens with the data and how do we use that um, data to learn more about the experience. My name is Linda House. I'm the Executive Vice President of External Affairs here at the Cancer Support Community, filling in today for Kim Thibodeau, the President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. And I'd like to offer a special thanks to Genentech, Amgen, and Glaxo for their sponsorship of today's show. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. 
I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. About cancer. I'm Linda House, Executive Vice President of the Cancer Support Community, filling in today for Kim Thibodeau, the President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. I'd like to I'd like to extend a warm thanks to McKesson's Giving Comfort Program, AstraZeneca, Millennium, and Purdue Pharma for their support of today's radio show. Today I'm joined by Ann Morris, who's the research manager at the Cancer Support Community's Research and Training Institute. And I'm also joined today by Dr. Craig Cole, clinical associate professor of medicine at the University of Michigan Comprehensive Cancer Center. Today we're talking about the cancer experience registries, and our guest has just explained that the registry aims to support the greater understanding of the social and emotional needs of people who have been impacted by cancer. So it really focuses on not only understanding the physical part of the cancer experience, but also the the, the social and emotional parts of the cancer experience that are so important and could, in fact, impact the physical um, adjustments to living with cancer. And we're also speaking about how we can raise awareness throughout the health and policy communities to the gaps of care and the social and emotional challenges of people living with cancer. Um, one additional goal of the Cancer Experience Registry is to develop programs and services that will address the emotional social, and educational needs of people impacted by cancer, and ultimately improving long-term quality of life of these individuals. So, Anne, um, if you could just go over with us, for those who are participating in the registry, just a, a couple of questions. I'll roll into one. Um, you know, number one, can you tell me the time commitment um, for people who would be entering the Cancer Experience Registry? And then also give us a sense of the types of questions that patients should be um, or that they should expect to answer. Sure. So um, the entire questionnaire will probably take uh, about 20 to 30 minutes to complete. Um, but remember that you don't have to complete the entire thing in one sitting. Uh, you can complete it five minutes at a time if you want and come back as many times as you would like. Uh, but, you know, it really varies from person to person, um, but we find that the average is about 20 to 30 minutes. So in terms of uh, types of questions, we ask um, things uh, from all different areas uh, about clinical trials, the emotional impact of cancer, the cost of care, genetic testing, you name it, we cover it. Well, and expand a little bit more um, on that. So, you know, I think that you said earlier that there are um, close to 100 questions in, in some situations. So you're, you're really asking a number of meaningful things like, um, I'm, I'm guessing, what is the experience like as you have a conversation with your healthcare team? Um, what financial challenges that you might have um, as you're going through your experience? 
Is that is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we ask a lot of important questions, but really I like the open-ended questions that we ask. I know I mentioned that we have a lot of multiple choice questions as well, but the open-ended questions really give each person an opportunity to tell us something about their experience in their own words. And, you know, as I meant, like you mentioned also, we ask about doctor-patient communication. Really every aspect of the experience of a cancer diagnosis is what we cover. So, so what are some of the most important questions that you ask in the Cancer Experience Registry and or what are some of your favorites? You mentioned that the open-ended ones are the favorites. So, so give us a couple of examples of what are some critically important questions and then what are some of the ones that you think will glean some of the, the most relevant insights? Well, they're all important. That's why we ask them, of course. Um, but yeah, definitely the open-ended questions I think are my favorite. And out of those, I think my favorite question asks, if there were one thing you could change about the entire experience with cancer for the next person, what would it be? And I think that that one question really sums up what we're trying to accomplish through the Cancer Experience Registry. And then I also know that you have some questions about value, um, and I know that this conversation about value is really important right now as we're moving into um, the Affordable Care Act and, and, and how do we determine really what types of, of treatments or interventions to give um, patients. And, you know, one of my favorite questions is um, when thinking about your cancer journey or cancer experience, how do you define value. Um, and, and really, I think the, the, the patients being able to be very candid in their response to that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, extended survival or quality of life or time with family or something else that we don't, don't even know or think about at this point in time, I think that'll be incredibly valuable to the overall conversation around value. Yeah, that, that's actually probably my second favorite question, actually, and it's been interesting to see those preliminary responses. Like you said, some people are defining value in terms of quality cancer treatment and care, and then some people are defining value as time spent with their loved ones and, you know, really that emotional quality of life. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll look forward to seeing those responses and details whenever we have mature, mature data. Um, Dr. Cole, can you talk a little bit about from the patient care aspect? So you think about bench to bedside. When you think about delivering patient care, um, what are some of the questions that you think are imperative that we secure answers to within the Cancer Experience Registry that would allow you to provide better care to your patients? The the funny thing about um, being a hematologist or an oncologist is that the questions that I ask um, when I ask my patients um, has, you know, a, an incredible amount of bias to it, um, that um, that when patients, you know, are, are sitting in front of their doctor, when I'm sitting in front of my doctor, um, there's a certain kind of expectation of what I feel comfortable asking and divulging. Um, um, and the, the questions that I think are, are really critical to me are, again, sort of the open-ended questions that I really don't anticipate a, I can't anticipate an answer to right now. Um, mm-hmm. F in, you know, in, in practicing, you know, medicine for 20 years, um, I, I've heard, I've heard a lot of things from a lot of people, but, but I, I know that a lot of that is bias, that, that they are not going to divulge. A lot of people don't want to divulge their financial circumstances to me 
um, out of fear or, or embarrassment that a lot of, of patients and their families don't want to divulge that they're having you know, a difficult time being able to afford their, their medications and being able to put food on the table and being able to find gifts for, for, for um, their grandchildren's birthdays um, because they don't want to bring that up in front of me. And mm-hmm. so having, and having a, 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 um, a registry, having a questionnaire, you know, polling people and asking uh, people without having that bias of the, you know, the white coat syndrome of, of, of being in an office where you feel that you, you can't divulge information. You can, in the registry, you can really tell it like it is. And that's really what we, that's what I need from, um, to hear from my patients is to tell me what it really is like going on so that I, so we can help. So we can have a, a better, um, so we can deliver better care. Um, it was just um, about a month ago, I was talking to one of my patients and I, um, in, in my conversation with him, I kind of, by mistake, just mentioned a question that is on the registry. I mean, it just kind of, I didn't say it was on the registry. It just kind of said, well, that's a well-worded question. I'm going to ask my patient that. And mm-hmm. I got a completely different answer than what I anticipated. Um, and I thought, wow, this registry is really going to be a fantastic learning experience for the entire community of, of, of caregivers and patients um, because, they, um, because they're, we're asking questions that really haven't been asked before, and we're going to get answers that we may not anticipate, and that's what I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. That's, and, I'm, and I'm only pausing because I just can only imagine the power that that's going to bring to really the, the voice of the patient and then also the ability of the healthcare team to be able to serve the patient really where they are. Oh, you know, I keep one thing that my sort of newest, I shouldn't say newest, but over the past five to ten years, one thing I've been preaching to my patients is patient empowerment. Um, mm-hmm. That that in the you know back in the days when the therapy was simple, that it was just you know a hematologist and oncologist and the patient. And that's all that was involved. Um, that um, the patient, that empowerment um, was was very personal between a doctor and a patient. These days, my goodness, you have insurance programs, you have um, uh, physician extenders, you have um, a a greater and more powerful nursing uh, staff. You have um, um, a number. You know, you have financial advisors. You have so many people are involved in the healthcare experience now that that it's no longer that um, it's no longer just doctor and patient, and it really requires the patient to become more empowered. Um, and so I tell my patients, you really, really have to be feel empowered that you can speak up for yourself and people will listen. Um, and you have to say, this is what I need. 
this is what I need right now, and this is this is going to give patients a greater voice. It's going to give them a, a louder voice so we can hear um, what their needs are, so we can um, so we can a- attack those needs, meet those needs, and then make the experience better in the in the present and in the future for uh, people with cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we've mentioned before that we'll also be using um, their answers to create resources so that we might be able to anticipate what some of those needs um, would be. And I know that when, when participating in the registry, uh, you know, the, the participants are really joining this special community, and we talked about that a little earlier as well. Um, but, Anne, could you tell us, as a part of that, new community that they're joining, um, they're also given a number of resources and um, other ways to connect with fellow members. So can you just tell us what kinds of resources are there and, and, and what other kind of news and information are the members receiving? You're, you're absolutely right. It is a community. And I think I mentioned before, it's really a give-and-take situation. We don't want people who join to feel like they're just giving us some important information and that's it. We want them to feel like they're also getting something out of it. And my favorite part about the registry website is this explore responses function. And I think I mentioned it earlier where people can see how other people answered the same questions. And it's a really great way to see immediate results. Um, members of the registry also have access to a wide variety of resources linked back through the cancer support community and our partner organizations. We also send out an email newsletter highlighting any important cancer-related news that has occurred recently. Um, and then this constant communication with our members also helps keep the door open for future opportunities. Well, and, I, and I'd like to I'd like to just um, you know put a, a word out to um, the, our listeners, and then also those who might be already participating in the registry, um, just to, to emphasize. And I know this is a story that that you told me, Anne, a couple of weeks ago. But just to emphasize the power of this registry in terms of contributing um, back to the experience. And um, I believe that you mentioned that a separate survey was sent just to the breast cancer participants because um, the cancer support community and some of its partners were working on a new piece for breast cancer, and they'd like to understand from the community what we would need to include in this educational piece. And, and what I remember you saying to me that um, in, in a matter of about 20 hours, we received responses from about 564 of the registry participants to really help us enrich some of those educational resources. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And, you know, what a demonstration of, um, of the commitment of the registrants to, to make this experience better for, for others. Yes, absolutely. So we we sent out an email one day, and like you said, in 20 hours, the next day we had more than 500 people respond to this survey, helping us create this new educational piece around breast cancer. And then within the next week, I think we left it open for about a week, we actually had 750 people participate in the survey total. That's amazing. And thank you to those who responded. If If you're listening today, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we have to take a commercial break. We will be right back after the commercial. I'd like to quickly thank our sponsors of this particular segment, and those are McKesson's Giving Comfort Program, AstraZeneca, Millennium, Onyx Pharmaceuticals, and Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening, and we will be right back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. 
visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america cancer it's a lonely word terms i don't understand choices i never thought i'd have to make but there is hope and help support from cancer survivors links to research and clinical trials help with finances and access to care all behind you a break away from cancer created by amgen to empower cancer patients the cancer support community is proud to be a partner of breakaway from cancer cancer support community is proud to be a partner of magnolia meals at home a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together this program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and ten meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back for segment four of Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Linda House, and I am standing in for Kim Tibaldo today, our President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Today I'm joined by two very special guests. I'm joined by Ann Morris, who's the research manager at the Cancer Support Communities Research and Training Institute, and also by Dr. Craig Cole, who is the Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Michigan Comprehensive Cancer Center. I'd like to quickly thank sponsors of this particular segment. Those are ASI, Morphotech, Amgen, Eli Lilly and Company, Celgene, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and Genentech. Thank you so much for your support. Today we're discussing the Cancer Experience Registry, which is a community of people touched by cancer. The primary focus is collecting, analyzing, and sharing information about the experience and needs of patients and families throughout the cancer journey. And in this final segment, I'd like to talk about um, a couple things. Number one, you know, some of the discoveries and possibilities, and we've talked some, somewhat about a few of those, but really um, what would we, you know, be planning to do with the data and, and how will we be sharing that? And then also I'd like to talk about um, how, how people have access to this in ways that we reach into special special populations. So I'm going to just break that down a little bit, Anne, and starting with you. And uh, we're hoping that after today's show, our listeners will um, share the information that they learned about the cancer experience and also the significance of the, the data that's collected and, and the ways in which it would be um, used. To, to further encourage our listeners to do just that, can you give us some examples of um, the results that you've collected this far? And then also um, just go into some specifics about how people will access the registry. 
Sure. So from the Breast Cancer Map Project, as that I mentioned earlier, we found some really important information. Uh, specifically, there there's a huge gap around making a treatment decision in terms of what patients receive and what they need. We found through the MAP project that 75% of respondents reported that help gathering information before the first meeting with their specialist was really important to them, but only 15% of people reported that their physician or specialist actually provided them with materials before their first visit. And I think the reason that we see such powerful results is because people aren't afraid of sharing their experience online. There's there seems to be this comfort in anonymity online, and it's, it's really a safe place to share their voice. And then in terms of how to access the uh, Cancer Experience Registry, it's a really easy website to remember. It's cancerexperienceregistry.org. And as I mentioned, you can visit from anywhere, phone, tablet, computer, uh, and access it from there and register and complete the questionnaire. And I think we should remind people that they could they could log on from any computer. So if it's a it's a library computer, if they work at a university and have access through you know those resources, they don't have to they don't have to be in their home. Right. And the and the great part about the the website is that because we ask them to create a username and password, they can log on from different sites. Great. Thank you, um, Dr. Cole. Can you talk a little bit about the results of the registry and um, how will those results in particular help? particular underserved populations, and I know that you serve um, a number of patients um, who have, you know, special, you know, disease types or rare cancer types. Um, how will this help impact them? And then what are some special ways that, that, that they might be able to access the registry? Well, right now, um, with especially multiple myeloma, um, we don't know a lot about or the, of what we know about the needs of myeloma patients is is really quite skewed. Um, the you know, the majority uh, or the the incidence um, again of myeloma is higher in men. It's higher in African Americans. It's higher in the the average age of a person with myeloma is is seventy. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a it's a disease of of older people. A lot of the information that we have about myeloma uh, from um, from patients really offering the information is is quite skewed. Um, in fact, a lot of the research that's done in multiple myeloma is in younger um, Caucasian female uh, patients. Mm -hmm. So we really don't know um, what the what the majority of myeloma patients are experiencing. And this gives a great opportunity. In fact, it gives us the first opportunity to, to query the, the entire community of multi-myeloma, um, and especially people who, um, uh, who may not have had access um, to either research programs or to um, community programs before, now they, they have a voice. Um, and, um, the, and then with that information, we can then serve the entire community of cancer and um, of myeloma much, much better. Um, you know, one of, the great things about, so one of the great things about this is that, is that it's accessible, as you said, on the Internet, and, I, and um, but also that um, there's a helpline um, that can um, 
that can have patients have access to the um, to the registry. Right, and I think that's a that's a really important important point to raise. So the cancer support community does have a cancer support helpline that's available to support individuals, both patients and their caregivers, but also because of these populations that really are difficult to reach, we want to make sure that they have the ability to access the cancer experience registry. So, you know, if you're listening and either, you know, you, um, you have a friend or a family who does not have access to the Internet, you can call the following number, and I'm going slow to give you a chance to grab a pen. Um, you can call the following number, and I will repeat it at the end of this show. Um, the number is 888-793-9673. Seven nine three nine three five five, and you can ask one of the counselors for a print copy to have a print copy mailed to you, and um, you can complete it by hand and, and mail that back to us. But that will give us fantastic access um, to to uh, patients um, that have cancer and that have um, and that have uh, myeloma and. And I would say again that you know if you if you have a family member if you go to church with someone that has myeloma to please um, um, cue them into this because we really need to hear from everyone that has cancer and and um, and we'd and we'd really love to hear from um, those patients that have myeloma. Great, thank you. Um, so in closing, I know we only have a, a couple of minutes, but I wanted to just give the two, each of the two of you an opportunity. Um, if you had one thing that you'd like to leave our listeners with today, what would, what would that be? And while I give you a second to think, I'm going to repeat two things. Number one, the website for the Cancer Experience Registry is www.cancerexperienceregistry.org. And the telephone number to receive a print copy is 888 888- Seven nine three nine three five five. So, in closing, Anne, I'm going to start with you. If there's one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with after today's program, what would that be? Uh, so, the one thing I want to leave uh, listeners with is that please join. It's really a simple message. It won't take very long. It only takes 20 to 30 minutes. And remember, you don't have to complete the entire questionnaire in one sitting. You can do it from the comfort of your home. But the really important thing is that we hear from you. Great. Thank you. And Dr. Craig Cole, what is the one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I would also say please join. Um, But also that this is a, a great Opportunity um, for uh, for empowerment. Um, that here here's an, a the opportunity to let um, your voice be known, to let your experience be known um, to to those who want to help, um, and to make um, this process better in all aspects. Um, and so, uh, join um, for sake of, of empowering yourself, empowering your community, empowering um, patients that now have cancer and that will have, uh, that unfortunately may have cancer in the, in the future. Um, and so the, I, it, it is such a, a fantastic opportunity for us to find out and to help because that's what we, that's what we do. 
And I would like to add that if you have not had a cancer diagnosis yourself, please please tell those around you that you know have had a cancer diagnosis so that they might be aware of this particular uh, program and that they might be able to contribute and become empowered and empower others um, through their action as well. So thank you both Anne and Dr. Cole for joining us today. This has been um, a very good conversation, very enlightening um, and, and motivating to, to, to participate, to really change the face of, of cancer for the future. We've really enjoyed having you both on today, and um, this is you know, powerful information relative to the Cancer Experience Registry. Hopefully all of our listeners will share the information they learned today with everyone they know who has been impacted by cancer and encourage each of them to participate in the registry. Every person who participates in the registry has the ability to help us understand the full impact of cancer and enhance the lives of, of others. For our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Linda House, Executive Vice President of External Affairs here at the Cancer Support Community, standing in for Kim Tebaldo, who will be back next week, our President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. As many of you know, the Cancer Support Community provides a multitude of in-person, online, and telephonic supports. If you or someone you know is facing a cancer diagnosis, you don't have to do it alone. For more information about our programs, please visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org to find a location near you or call our toll-free helpline at 888-793-9355 to speak with a licensed mental health professional Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And of course, our online support groups are there to um, help you 24-7. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management